Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and we're here with the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video and how are Bubba? It's not that I unmuted myself because if you're watching later, you wouldn't know that I had audio issues like a lot of times. It's not that I unmuted myself, it's that my computer did an update last night. So on one of my profiles in my streaming software, everything got reset. So like I set up the stream beforehand and everything looked good. Then I switched over to the profile for actual streaming, not just recording. And that's where everything was reset. So we're good to go. It's the wrestling wrap up Monday, uh, November 14th, 2022, as we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, seven and a half stories because we count the Raw preview as a story, especially today because there's been a change to Monday Night Raw tonight. But we've got seven and a half, eight stories for you today. Fans were basically ejected and kicked out of a WWE live event this past weekend for throwing a drink at a wrestler. Carl Anderson uh, talked about his status, I guess you can call it, with New Japan Pro Wrestling. The Usos break the record today, longest reigning tag team champions. And then we're going to go in to a bunch of injury news, whether that's wrestlers injured just in the past week or a wrestler still dealing with an injury because this, again, is the wrestling wrap-up. But with that, I want to say thank you if you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways or two different ways if you really want to, but you shouldn't because I don't want you to waste that much money. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. You take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, it doesn't just have to be your Amazon Prime account. It can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody. But on the flip side, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there as becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more plus remember to head over to the epic game store head over to the epic game store and buy something whether you're buying the game of the year nominated elden ring you're getting seafood that was snubbed a couple of times for the game awards or you're claiming the free games for rock or getting bucks for rocket league fortnite fall guys or rumbleverse well then use our code right here pw unlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us directly with no extra cost to you. You're already buying things, spending your money for an Epic game or an Epic game store purchase? Well, then put in the code. Takes you an extra like 20 seconds to spell P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. And then we reap the benefits. And you guys aren't spending anything extra also. Little news note, speaking of the game awards, WWE 2K22 snubbed. Didn't get a single award, not for best sports or racing game, nor, 
I thought maybe, okay, I'm looking at the categories and I go, okay, I'm not, not for best sports game. That's fine. It's also kind of a fighting game, technically a fighting game. Maybe you could put it in that genre. No. WWE 2K22 snubbed. Didn't get shit for the game awards. You know, I got a bunch, rightfully so, that a lot of people thought, eh, they're going to get a couple of stray. Stray got a heck of a amount of nominations, like way more than I expected. So, yeah, WWE 2K22 got nothing, 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 nothing. I mean, shit, Stray got nominated for Game of the Year. Get 2K22, WWE 2K22, couldn't get nominated for Best Sports or Racing Game, nor Best Fighting Game. Come on, Jeff Keeley, what are you doing? But with that, we're going to jump into the first story we've got here for you guys today. As it has to do with Scarlet Bordeaux, or as we just know her as Scarlet. I guess you could say somewhat being assaulted by a fan at a live event this past weekend. There was a bizarre situation that took place earlier this weekend at a WWE House's show in Peora, Illinois, Saturday night's main event, as they call the show. Making their return to Peora for the first time in over two and a half years, one top WWE superstar was, was greeted with a less than warm reception. Reported by numerous fans in attendance on Twitter, a bizarre situation occurred, which turned a bit frightening as a fan at ringside got a little out of control. The house show was featuring a match between Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre with Scarlett at ringside when the incident occurred. According to several on Twitter, there was a scene by which a, quote, older woman sitting ringside threw some kind of liquid and completely doused Scarlett at ringside. Some were saying it looked like water. Others reported it was beer or alcohol, but all mentioned that the woman was approached by security and removed from her seat. When security returned to remove the rest of the party that she was with, presumably family, one assumed, there was reportedly then police involved as well. Eventually, the woman and all the woman and all people involved were kicked out of the event. So, interesting, very, very interesting. Elsewhere, at Saturday night's main event, Pura Kevin Owens told the crowd that he hopped the WWE Raw, hoped the Raw locker room enjoyed their vacation as well. He's back, and we'll talk about Kevin Owens and how that. Little promo on Saturday didn't last long compared to what happened later on. So mm, we'll get to Kevin Owens' news later on tonight. But it's a very, very weird situation with a fan throwing their drink at Scarlet at ringside. It's like, why would they do that? Why would a fan just completely throw their drink? And we don't have pictures of the incident per se in play, but we can kind of show you. How much drink was actually thrown? As we have a few photos that were posted online <clears throat> that we could see here, transition here, of people cleaning up the mess, I guess you can call it. You see a lot of liquid on the floor there. Another shot here of them wiping it up. And I don't know who exactly they're talking to. Maybe the family, friends of the older woman, but, 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 Scarlet herself took to social media to address the situation. Scarlett did state the following on her Twitter. 
as a classy woman from Chicago. I'm not surprised that something like this would happen in Peora. P.S. Do the granny who threw the drink? Your booze was as cheap as your hairdo. So that right there does confirm that it wasn't water. It wasn't alcohol or presumably alcohol and not just water. But yeah, Scarlett did address this. Make a tongue-in-cheek joke about it. But it's a scary situation when a fan, for all intensive purposes, assaults a wrestler during a show and they're not expecting it. And why would they expect something like this to happen? Whether it's like the Hall of Fame when the fan jumped in and attacked Bret Hart given his speech. Whether it is back in the day there's a video of a fan jumping in Triple H kind of beating his ass. So, I mean, Seth Rollins getting attacked last year by a fan. It happens, and it's just, why? Why? What did Scarlett do to this old lady to piss her off so bad that she had to throw her drink at her? Like, really? Come on, Granny. Set a better representation, and, and not that that's the right word. Set a better example for all the other people around you. Like, come on. Come on. Uh, since Saturday says, I love the gift that Cross put in the tweet. Oh, I didn't even notice that. We can go back. I, I see that now. I see that now. We can go back and see that. Uh, Karen Cross would respond with Spider Monkey Granny, I guess you can call her. I don't know what that's from. But yeah, that's pretty funny there. That is a pretty funny there. But everybody's okay. Scarlet was not hurt or anything. Maybe a little sh shocked and frazzled in the moment. Like, I don't, we don't have a lot of details on exactly what went down other than like the bulk of a lady, an older lady, threw a drink at her. We don't know if Scarlett was playing up to the crowd, yelling at the crowd, and the lady's like, ah, stop, and threw a drink in her face. We don't know if Scarlett was thrown from behind the drink. We don't know if the lady threw her whole cup or, or can or whatever. We don't know. All we know is the lady threw her a beverage, most likely alcohol, at Scarlett. So, all seemed to be okay. Scarlett made a joke about it, so that's good. And um, let me just double check to see if she's tweeted anything else about this since. Don't believe she has. Someone she retweeted when uh, John Michaels was walking down the aisle with the European Championship and had a uh, beer thrown in his face and just shrugged it off. So yeah, similar vibes, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I think that is the only thing that she actually tweeted in response to the incident. So let me just check one other thing. Yeah, that I think. Yep, she made another, someone made a joke about the outskirts of Chicago. She said bingo, and that's about it. That is all we've got on that front. But you know, Scarlett and Karen Cross, they returned recently to WWE, and somebody else who returned recently to WWE has been in the news because he's a champion in New Japan, and that is Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson was on the After the Bell podcast this past week and talked about, well, his status with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is the never open weight champion. His defense on, on November 5th was canceled, and a return date has not been announced, but Anderson has ensured fans that he will be defending the title as Carl Anderson stated the following going back on my time new japan pro wrestling usually strips their champions when they can't make a show they threw a leniency in there because they announced the match when we hadn't totally agreed what we were going to do 
The dates were coming up. I'm going to come back and defend my championship. I messaged Rocky Romero. He's a great friend and one of the office brothers. And I go, quote, I can't wait to announce this date because these people are really hating me right now, end quote. I'm keeping this title and never giving it back. So this is an interesting one. It's, it's, it's got to be all storyline because like he said, you get stripped if you don't defend your title in New Japan. No matter for what, whether you're sick on your deathbed, there's a natural disaster impeding you coming to the country. They strip you. We've seen it with Juice. We've seen it with Moxley. We've seen it with others. You get stripped. So this leads me to believe that there is a storyline here. And I mean, it's a little weird one. I mean, mm, unless, oh, 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 unless this is all leading to like a big match at the Tokyo Dome with Carl Anderson and Tamatonga. So we can say that because Carl Anderson was supposed to defend the title. This is me fantasy booking and speculating. Carl Anderson was supposed to defend the title against Hikaleo, the brother of Tamatonga. He doesn't do the match. Carl Anderson, that is. Hikaleo says, I still want the match. I'll take on... Uh... Oh, who was it that he faced in like a minute and a half match? Now it's screwing with my mind. I can picture him. I just can't think of his name all of a sudden. Anyways, he had a match on the show. It was a squash match. And he's like, I still want Carl Anderson. I still want Carl Anderson. So maybe Carl goes in, does the match, but is very disrespectful to Hikaleo in the way that the match gets set up and done. And then Tamatonga comes in and goes, hey, we used to be friends. Don't disrespect my family. They're like family to you. You're like family to them. What the hell are you doing? And leads to this big match at the Tokyo Dome with Carl Anderson and, and Tamatonga. That would be awesome. To where like Carl disrespect, like Tamatonga and Hikaleo and, and all of them take it as a disrespect thing towards the family. Carl's like family. And they're like, oh, you turned your back on the family. You turned your back on the club, the real club, the club that helped make you, that we're now keeping alive. You know what I mean? So we'll see where that all goes. But it is very interesting, and we do have no word on when his next defense is going to be. But the Tokyo Dome is a Wednesday, middle of the week. He can literally either get that Monday Night Raw off, not have to work that Monday Night Raw or work that raw, go straight to Japan and are working for this match. But as we move, hold on. We have two stories I'm going to add to the doc right now. One's a breaking news, kind of just came out story. And one's that I remember hearing over the weekend, forgot to mention. So we're going to add these to the doc really quick. Make 10 stories. There is one story. Just came out from Fightful. We are going to talk about... You know what? I'll do it next. All right. As we move on. Rearranging some things. Boom. So, recently, Russell Votes reported that Stone Cold Steve Austin could work another match for WWE possibly next year at WrestleMania and Fightful has 
potentially, I haven't read through this, so we're reading it together because they literally, if you look at the Patreon post, it says just now, like just posted. This was sent to me. It was just posted, so I'm checking it out with you guys on the fly. But it looks like Austin could potentially work another match for WWE as Fightful writes the following. Stone Cold Steve Austin and his return to wrestling earlier this year, main eventing WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. Oh, I read that wrong. Had his return to wrestling earlier this year. Got it. Shortly after the match, which was Austin's first in 19 years, reports and words emerged that Austin enjoyed the experience and was open to doing it more. It seems like this is a distinct reality to the surprise of absolutely no one. Austin posted a video of him working out in incredible shape this past week. The, con- the, con- the conjured speculation from fans. Which conjured speculation from fans? It's with merit. As we're told, WWE at least wants him to do more with the company. Specifically, we're told that while the Vince McMahon regime had hoped to have Austin come back to do another match, that the Triple H regime had actually made an offer for Austin to do another match. So Vince was hoping Austin would want to come and do another match. Triple H basically made the offer. The source that we spoke to, Fightful that is, weren't sure if that meant for a Saudi Arabia show, WrestleMania, or anything else, but that the offer has been made. Those sources presumed it was for WrestleMania in Los Angeles, but we couldn't confirm that or a potential opponent. Another source indicated that initially Austin and WWE were far apart on terms. So terms can mean a lot of things. How many dates do you want to work to set up the program leading up to the match? Where do you want the match to be if WWE wants it in Saudi, but Austin says, I'm not traveling to Saudi, let's do it at Mania. And they say, no, let's do it at SummerSlam or something. We already did the Mania thing. We want to help build SummerSlam with Steve Austin. We saw how big that helped us. I don't know. Terms can also mean money. Austin could say, I want X amount of money, throw out a number 5 million. They say, you will give it 2.5. We don't know. But it's interesting that after Mania this year, Vince was hopeful Austin would want to do another match. And Triple H reportedly has just made the offer. It was like, hey, here's what we want. Here's what we can offer. What do you say? Now, who he faces next year? I don't know. I mean, if you want to go storyline, you would say Austin Theory. You would just go, oh, well, he had the match with Kevin Owens last year or this past year. Then he came and stunned Austin Theory after the Pat McAfee match. So Austin Theory wouldn't be an obvious choice, but you don't have to go that route. You can literally do anybody. You can have Austin come out and face anybody that they really want. And I mean, Austin, since I already says right there, Austin versus Austin, Steve Austin versus Austin theory. I mean, it's a, it's a, oh, it's a uh, wheel of fortune puzzle in itself before and after Steve Austin theory. There you go. It's a, the, the thing can say match from WrestleMania 39. And the thing is Steve Austin theory. There you go. Before and after wheel of fortune, Steve Austin theory. But regardless, WWE has made the offer to Stone Cold Steve Austin. They've laid out their terms, it seems like. And now they're just trying to agree on those terms, as it seems like, as the uh, report states, quote, another source indicated that initially Austin and WWE were far apart on terms. So does that mean Austin wants more than what he got this year? 
something different? We don't know. Because you would think, all right, Steve agreed to this, this, and this leading up to and working this year's WrestleMania. So let's offer him either the same, maybe just a little more money. Maybe he wants less dates. Maybe it's like, I want you to come in and do four or five SmackDowns or four or five Raws leading into Mania. They don't have to be in a row, but we want you on these many shows to start building stuff up, starting at, I don't know, Royal Rumble. And he says, nah, I want to do three shows so three weeks before or something. I don't know. I mean, honestly, this year, I don't, we didn't see him. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. We didn't see Austin at all before Mania, did we? Owens just did the subtle hints for about a month or month or two, laid out the challenge. Austin, yes, that's what it was. Austin agreed to the challenge in a very highly produced video. And then we went from there. So yeah, Austin never appeared on TV, never traveled other than Mania. So maybe they want him to travel to TV and he said no. Maybe that's where they're off dates. So we'll see how this all does go. But as of right now, the, the offer has been made for Steve Austin to work another match in WWE. Again, whether that is a Saudi show, WrestleMania, or something else is to be seen. But Austin, some say, one of the best of all time. You know who's the best tag team of all time in WWE history? That's the Usos. Now, it's very objective, but if you look at the records, it's the Usos. As today, Jimmy and Jay Uso set the record for longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history. The day has arrived. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, now have the record for the longest reign as WWE tag team champions. As of today, Monday, November 14th, 2022, the Usos have held the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. They've been the SmackDown Tag Team Champions for 484 days. They've been Unified Tag Team Champions since... Oh, I don't have the number there. I didn't write that one down. Uh, this, though, beats the New Day's previous record of 483 days as Raw Tag Team Champions. In a wonderfully timed moment, the Usos' last retention was against said uh, New Day on last week's SmackDown, with the Usos retaining and subsequently breaking the record. Now, the Usos won these titles on July 18th, 2021, when they beat Dominic and Rey Mysterio at the 2021 Money in the Bank event. They became current undisputed tag team champions earlier this year, but I don't have the date written down. I forgot to get that. Uh, since then, the Usos have defended their titles, their titles on both brands and against members of both rosters on pay-per-view. The next title defense is currently unknown as it looks like they're moving into the War Games match coming up at Survivor Series in just a couple of weeks. But congratulations to the Usos on becoming the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions and defending them titles abundance of times. And yes, you're going to say, well, what does this record really mean? It's scripted television. If they want to break a record, they just go, oh, you're going to hold these tiles for X amount of days to break the record. It's scripted. I get where people don't care about these kinds of records, but I mean, in an ever-changing landscape where Vince McMahon changes his mind all the time, and you got to remember, half of this, if not three quarters of this record was under Vince, where at any time Vince could have just been like, ah, they're dropping the titles today. Oh, we're going Viking Raiders. Why? Those are badasses. I don't know. There could have been any any number of days when he was just got on one of his kicks and was like, 
Ah, fuck it all. We're changing the belts. So, congratulations to the Usos on becoming the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions. And it's inevitable that they get to 500 at least. Because if they're at 848, that's what? 16 days to 500? I think there's less than there's more than 16 days till Survivor Series. They're not going to defend those titles and lose those titles before Survivor. Series. Yeah, they're going to hit 500 and beyond. They're going to hit 500 and beyond. Well, that is a great record for the Usos in 2022. But something that I never thought that I would hear of in 2022 is an indie promoter stiffen his freaking talent, and that happened over this weekend. As Fightful wrote the following: numerous. Big-name talent were stiffed on a payday at an indie show this past weekend. There was a messy situation at the November 13th New Evolution Pro Show. During the show, several talent, including Ultimo Dragon, Josh Alexander, uh, Katsushiko Nakajima, Namuchi, uh, I'm going to butcher these names, Namuchi Marafuji, and Alberto Del Rio, we're told that the promoter of the event had no money and they're not getting paid. Talent found the promoter who claimed to have a medical emergency and left to go to the hospital, leaving all the money that he'd made from the signings to split between the wrestlers. Eiffel was told that Josh Alexander had to physically chase down and count the money to ensure that the audience to ensure that the audience that showed up at least got to see Ultimate Dragon and the Noah talent. In all, the event was roughly $14,000 short of paying what was owed. The talent got together and still did a six-man tag, which ended up being Josh Alexander, Ricardo Rodriguez, and Alberto Del Rio against Ultimo Dragon, Nakajima, and Marafuji. Alberto Del Rio cut a promo after the match and claimed that no one was getting paid, which wasn't fully true, but nobody was getting anywhere near what they were actually owed or guaranteed. Some of the talent signed free 8x10s in order to help the crowd out. We're told that the NOAA talent specifically did not get paid. And the company itself will likely have to chase down payment for that. Despite this, we're told that Nakajima, Marafuji, and Dragon all worked hard despite missing their payday. In addition, we've been told that the promoter was insisting that fans who attend pay him via Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App. And there was no point of purchase for tickets. Are you kidding me right now? So basically he was like, we're not selling physical tickets. We're not selling digital tickets. You want to come to the show? Hit me up. Pay me via Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App. Then I can hide that money and not show that. And so the talent can't see how much actually came to me. Like in 2022, I would have never thought something like this was still going to happen. Are you kidding me? Especially that last last two lines there of, quote, in addition, we've been told that the promoter was insisting that fans who attend pay him via Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App. And there was no point of purchase tickets. So they didn't go on there and use like brown paper tickets to sell tickets for the event. They didn't have physical tickets, it sounds like, at the door for people to buy. It was you hit up the promoter beforehand or right then and there, and there you go. I mean, granted, we do this for, or did, because we're not in the league anymore because my son aged out. But we did this for my son's football team. So there is one Venmo and one Cash App set up for each team. 
and only the team president has access. The team president and league officials have access to those accounts to where if a family or just anybody wants to attend one of our football games, it is $8 for adults, five for military, three for students. They can pay in cash at the gate. No pre-sale tickets for our, for our football games. They can pay in cash at the gate. And then if they don't have cash, they can scan the thing. We have the little printout, cash app, PayPal, or Venmo, or whatever it is. Cash app, Venmo, whatever. And they can pay that way. But it's not like, okay, now that money's got to go to talent. No, the money goes back into the team funds, and then the team does what they do with their funds. You know, I mean, I trust our team president. I never thought he was going to take any of the money for himself. But regardless, it's a similar issue now that, you know, I can personally talk about how this happens because I've helped run the gate at the last, the final football game. And it's like, oh, I don't have cash. Boop, scan it, da, 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 show. And show us who are just parents helping out that the money was sent. So we know we had to like tally, okay, this per like we didn't write down who paid via Venmo or Cash App, but we had to keep a tally of how many people paid via Venmo and Cash App. We had to, we had a thing that said adults, um, veterans, seniors, children, students. And we had to every time one in that category paid via digital wallet, we made a thing. So that way we know roughly how much money should be in the team or how much more money should be in the team banks collectively between the two Venmo and Cash App by the end of the day. So that if anybody has a discrepancy of, hey, where's that money? Is that money, you know, they can go back and check. Anyone can, quote, audit the team, I guess you could say. And that obviously sounds like didn't happen here. There was no checks and balances and they were, quote, roughly $14,000 short of paying what was owned and that the NOAA wrestlers, Nakajima, Marafuji, and Ultimo Dragon were not paid at all. Now, as far as New Evolution Pro, I want to see exactly where this show took place. Um, New Evolution Pro is based out of... And interesting here, you can buy their tickets on sale online. They do have tickets, uh, online tickets allocated for events are now sold. Any remaining tickets? Now, what event is this for? Um, trying to see, because on their website, it does show that you could buy online tickets. And they are sold out for an event, but I don't know if this is this past weekend's event or not. There's no date on this. Which, again... Very sketchy. Huh. Yeah, and this is another sketchy move to where they have a poster here that says New Evolution Wrestling. Now, is this the same? This might not be the same company, actually. This is New Evolution Wrestling, and that one's New Evolution Pro. So give me one second to go. I don't know if it's the same company or not, actually. Huh. If that is the same company, New Evolution Wrestling, New Evolution Pro, whatever this is, then they are selling tickets, or we're selling tickets online as well. But that's a very interesting one. 
But as we move on, we're going to get into our one, two, three, four stories about injuries. As the first one has to do with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is still recovering from an injury that has kept her out of New or, um, All Elite Wrestling since September, maybe before September, I want to say. Thunder Rosa was pulled from the AEW All-Out event due to a back injury earlier this year. In fact, it was said that she couldn't even walk. And in the end, Tony Storm became the interim women's champion. While speaking this week, in an interview with the Wrestling Perspective podcast, Thunder Rosa did reveal that she's recently resumed jogging for the first time in three months, stating the following. I'm doing really well. This week, we made some good progress. I started running for the first time in almost three months. So... The physical activity is getting a little bigger, and I'm allowed to do a lot more stuff than before. I'm not allowed to lift yet. I'm not allowed to do a lot of stuff. I'm not allowed to wrestle. But we're making progress, and the fact that I can actually jog for seven minutes on and off for me is huge because I have not been able to do that. I have spoken to other parties that have had similar injuries that I have and at that place that I got to. For a lot of us, you know, everything's different. It's hit and miss when you're talking about lower back injuries. You have to be very careful because you can injure it again. You utilize your back for everything. So I'm really hopeful that things will continue to progress the way that they are. So this is a very good update for Thunder Rosa that she is now able to jog. But the big question is, she has no clue when she's going to be able to come back to wrestling. So how long, excuse me, till Tony Khan just says, yeah, we got to take that belt off you. We can't have the interim champion here forever. We can't have a interim champion here for a year, six months or so forth. We got to have a real champion. And if you're going to be out, I think there should be a, okay, when you're first injured, you can do the interim thing. But if you're injured for more than, and this is just me spitballing an idea, six months, you got to give up your belt. You got to vacate the title. You got to say, you know what? I'm still hurt. I can't work. I can't wrestle. Unfortunately, I'm no longer the champion and I will re-earn it when I come back. That's what they should do. Going to do that? Highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Because Tony Khan thinks he's the UFC, where if there's an interim champion, they remain, you know, the injured champion remains the champion forever until they can come back. But the difference there is they're not working every week. They're working two, three times a year, if that. And so there's big spans of time when there is no defense of that champion anyways. So it doesn't make the biggest of deals. So hopefully Thunder Rosa can get better, at least sooner rather than later. I guess that's the thing to say. But if it's been three months, now she can just jog. I don't see any time soon where she's going to be able to lift weights with that back, take bumps with that back. Ah, it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And speaking of injuries in the women's division in all elite wrestling, Abaddon was reportedly injured this week working a indie show. According to a report from PW Insider, they state that Abaddon was injured while facing Joey Ace at a show for Warriors of Wrestling in Brooklyn, New York on Saturday night. While going for a Hurricane Rana, Abaddon landed wrong and was injured. The match was stopped, and Abaddon was taken to the hospital. Quote, The word making the rounds is that Abaddon likely suffered a broken collarbone. 
there was no word on how long they uh, how long they may be out of action. Abaddon also appeared at the big event New York Expo this past weekend. WWE's Liv Morgan posted a picture of the two together, and I believe that was before this incident and this injury. So very unfortunate that Abaddon did get hurt, suffered a possible broken collarbone. And if we do hear any updates on the injury, because right now it's all just like preliminary. We think this is the injury. She did suffer some sort of an injury and the match was stopped immediately. Like she did the hurricane Rana landed wrong, injured the shoulder collarbone area kind of deal. And they just stopped the match. If we do hear anything further on this injury to Abaddon, we will let you guys know as soon as we find anything out. There's another wrestler injured this past weekend at a live event, an indie show. Well, not an indie show, but a live event, a non-televised show. And that is actually going back to earlier. Remember when I said Kevin Owens said that he's back? Well, now he's hurt. Unfortunately, Kevin Owens suffered an ankle injury or an MCL injury this weekend at a house show. Kevin Owens suffered a right knee injury at Sunday's WWE house show in Madison, Wisconsin during a match with Austin Theory. Um, Dave Meltzer can confirm that the injury is an MCL sprain. The way it was worded was that hopefully that is all the injury is with the idea that it could actually be more. The two were wrestling in the second to last match of the night when Owens appeared to blow out his right knee after planting it during the match. They went on to finish the match with Owens picking up the win following a stunner, but Owens needed help from the referee to get to the back. From his reactions after planting his knee, you can see that he feared he had blown it out. Owens has been off of Raw for the past several weeks because he wasn't going to go to the Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel event, so there was no need for him there, but he has been wrestling on the house shows. More information is still out or, or needed on this injury, so unfortunately, Kevin Owens suffered a pretty bad injury ahead of what most fans thought was going to be a big match for him because a lot of fans were hoping that he would be in the War Games match on Jameis' team, I guess you can call it, the Team Brawling Brutes. Now, we don't know the severity of the injury. If it is an MCL sprain, recovery time for an MCL sprain, this is according to UCSFHealth.org. Uh, recovery time for an MCL injury depends on the severity of the damage. On average, these injuries take six weeks to heal, no matter the grade of the tear. Initial treatment focuses on immobilization of the knee and reducing pain and inflammation. So we don't know if that's six weeks and then he's good to go cleared, can wrestle again, or six weeks and then he can rehab the knee a little bit. So, oh, fuck. For everyone hoping that Kevin Owens was going to be part of War Games and work his second War Games match, now... Don't look likely. And hopefully it's only an MCL spray sprain and not anything worse. Oof. This sucks. This sucks. Another wrestler injured in WWE as well. We move forward to Rey Mysterio, who was also possibly injured over the last week or so. Now, last Friday, WWE kicked off the SmackDown World Cup. Before SmackDown went on the air, PW Insider had a report with all the names, the eight names in the tournament, and one name was Rey Mysterio. Then we go to SmackDown, and they show us, not the brackets, but all eight competitors, and we go, who's Folly? 
Mustafali, where's Ray? Mustafali instead of Ray. And now we know that Ray hurt. Ray was at SmackDown, but in a walking boot. Dave Meltzer can't confirm Ringside News' report that Ray Mysterio was placed in the World Cup and then replaced by Mustafali after suffering an unspecified lower body injury to either his foot or ankle. Mysterio was reportedly in a walking boot in Indianapolis during Friday's tapings of SmackDown. Dave Meltzer noted that the injury is not believed to be serious, but that Mysterio will be out long enough that Ali was tapped as his replacement in the World Cup as Meltzer wrote the following in Sunday's Daily Update. Rey Mysterio was scheduled for the World Cup, but he had either a foot or an ankle injury and was replaced by Mustafa Ali. He was in Indianapolis backstage with a walking boot on. He's not expected to be out more than a few weeks, but wasn't going to be able to do the tournament. Mysterio hasn't actually worked a match since October 30th in Mexico City at Arena CMDX, teaming with AJ Styles and Raquel Rodriguez in a mixed trios bout against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Mysterio also worked the night prior in Monterey in the same trios matchup. It's unfortunate, very unfortunate. Rey Mysterio's out, but good to hear that the hope is just a couple of weeks. So maybe he's only out for like a month or so, month and a half max, hopefully, and he doesn't miss the Rumble. That's the goal. Get Ray back in time for the Rumble, I would say, end of January. So keep him off the foot, the ankle, whatever it is, or limited mobility on that. Let it heal, and there we go. But with that, guys, that's all we got. That is what we got for you for today's wrestling wrap-up. But tonight's Monday, or today's Monday, tonight's Raw. There's been a change to tonight's Raw. We're going to run down what we know for the show. First off, we do know that Miz will be hosting Miz TV, where he will tell it all, they say, regarding Dexter Loomis. Also, we have Seth Rollins against Finn Balor in a non-title match. U.S. title, not on the line. Now, here's where the change comes in. Over the weekend, it was announced that Matt Riddle would be teaming with Elias against the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. And let me just double-check this really fast, because this is the match that on WWE's website had been changed. Yes, so now it is only Riddle versus Gable in a singles match. WWE writes, Chad Gable and Notice had been a thorn in the side of Matt Riddle for many weeks, and now the original bro will take on the leader of the Alpha Academy. Behind the scenes, Riddle has been trying to form a band with his idol, Elias, but this week he will go it alone against the tough competitor in Gable. I don't know where the change needed to be made. We'll probably realize and find out on Raw tonight when either Elias or Otis aren't there, maybe. But it's supposed to be a tag team match. It was initially announced as a tag team match over the weekend. And then I want to say today, because I didn't see this change yesterday. I just saw it this morning. So I want to say today there was a change to where it's now just a singles match. So if Elias don't show up in Riddle's corner, or if... Otis don't show up in Gable's corner, well, then we can make the deduction of one of those guys probably can't work. Hopefully they're not injured. Maybe they're just not there for personal reasons. Not going to speculate. But that match has been changed from a tag match to a singles match. But with that, guys, 
that's going to wrap everything up. I do want to say thank you if you're watching live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, I'll be back tonight with Luke for the Monday Night Raw review. We'll be talking about all of the things that go down on that show and so forth. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll see you next time right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Have a good one, guys.